As we get into Colossians again tonight, uh, we're, uh, went through verse three before along with, uh, going back and looking at some of the things we had looked at before in our last study. And tonight's study is going to be study 88. And what we, about two years ago, close to it called our study wisdom and and the workman's interlinear by Jack Mel Everly. And uh uh you know they 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 bring their stuff down from the Koine Greek and so uh I read mine out of the uh out of the King James Version of, in the Companion Bible. So, you know, it's, it's usually a little bit different, but it's, it's still great that we can, uh, look at it and discern it for what it is and for what it says. But today's study is, uh, April the 14th, 2021. And it's, again, as I said, study 88. We got through verse 3, but I'm going to read it again because uh, it don't make much sense. The fourth verse don't make as much sense as it would as if you don't read 3 along with it. And so we'll start and do that. It says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Christ Jesus. I, I I inverted that, and I probably will for the most part for the rest of the study in Colossians anyway. Praying always for you. So that's where we ended up last time. And it says this in verse 4. This is our study start for uh, today's study. It says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and there it is like it should be, and of the love which you have to all the saints. And so this is, this is Paul giving us, uh, a greeting share of sorts in Colossians and, uh, it goes down through verse 8, uh, with this, and there's not much uh, scripture that goes with it, although we're going to look at a, a couple of places where uh, Jack brings it up. But he don't put it in his notes to go back and look at it, but it never hurts to look at it. And so that's that's what we're going to do uh, with this tonight. And then after we get down to verse 9, uh, then he deals with... Uh, with uh, their faith and walk. And then he deals with Christ as the head of the body and uh, continuing in the faith, in the faith stated, the mystery declared. And uh, talking about the the growth and the assurance of both and the mystery acknowledged in chapter 2. So there's a lot in chapter 2 that we need to, to know, but the first verses 1 through 8 to begin with, we have been over before in Philippians and Ephesians and other places. So that should kind of be already uh, embedded in our mind a little bit. And so I'm going to read my notes. It says in verse 4, since we have heard, or having heard, of your faith in Christ Jesus, and also of the love, and that love there is the noun agape, and it means spontaneous free love that God offers or issues out to those that are His, which you have to the love that you have to in, 
in respect to all the saints uh, that he's talking about here in Philippi, those chosen and called uh, for the hope or account of the promise of the hope which is laid up or literally stored away, if you will, in heaven or the heavens. Uh, and I, I just kind of read on down into five too because uh, four ended with a comma. So it, it, it's a continuation. It's kind of like a, a thing. But let's go back and look at four because there's two places I want to, after I read Jack's rendering here of four, then there's two places I want to go back and look at before we go to five in full. In five, down from the Koine group, says, Having heard the faith of you. Space. There's a space there. In Christ Jesus and another space. And of the love which you have unto all the saints. And so that's the way it comes to us in the Koine Greek. And then back to the English, the more modern version of the English, is having heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have unto all the saints. And those saints were the saints in Philippi. And so, where did Jack get this information? So, we understand that Epaphras was a Philippian. And he was a faithful brother. And he also was in the circles of the Apostle Paul's group quite often. And so he kind of became a minister uh, to the Philippians through the knowledge that he was gaining from the Apostle Paul. So he brought knowledge, he says, not only to the Colossians' belief, but of the depth and nature of that belief. Verse 9 amplifies this theme. We have to assume that the Colossians spoken of here, the portion of his body, are uncommonly noted for their love for one another and any body of Christ's member who comes their way or comes under their attention. So Epaphras says, uh, talked with Paul and I think Timothy and Epaphras were probably pretty good buddies and so uh, uh, Paul may have got some of this information that way from uh, Epaphras through Timothy and their association and there's no there's no scripture there uh, and let's see in 4 there's no scripture but in 5 there are two places that we want to look at I thought it was in 4 but it was in 5 and so we're going on back to the King James Version in 5 talking about the love which you have to all the saints in verse 5 it says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And uh, that is verse 5 in the, in the King James. And with my notes in 5, I'll read this. It says, For or on account of or because of the hope which is laid up or literally stored away, uh, which we find in 
2 Timothy 4.8. We're going to look at that in a minute. In heaven are the heavens, whereof you heard before or already heard. And uh, and uh, that, that word was pro-akohu, I think, in the, in the Greek, in the word. Uh, logos or the spoken word and, and it talks about uh, the word there and it is logos or it is spoken of as a means or an instrument and not as a product when you look at uh, the word logos it says of the truth of the gospel and that ends with a semicolon, meaning there is more to come that's associated with this verse. And we're going to also look at Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. But uh, let's look at Second Timothy for a minute, talking about this, uh, uh, what we're looking at, the the hope which is laid up or literally stored away. Let's look at Second Timothy four and eight. That's on page eighteen fourteen if you have a companion Bible. Eighteen fourteen. And I thought I had it marked, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> Not so sure now. I I've started putting all these. Let's see. This was Second Timothy, right? Four eight. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Second Timothy four eight. And Paul says this in Second Timothy four, the last chapter. Of what we're going to study here, because this, this is the final thing. And so Paul says this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Then he says in verse 8, what we want to see here, Henceforth, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. So this is what Paul was looking for. A bit of a qualifier there. Yeah. Now, the other one was Ephesians 2. Uh, six and seven. So let's go back to where we've already been, but we're going to go back there again. Ephesians 2. And we're going to read six and seven. We've already been through eight, nine, and ten, uh, in our studies before. So we're going to, uh, pick up six and seven this time. And, uh, well, let's just look at 5, too. It says, even when we were dead in sins, talking about God, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. And he says in 6, and having raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And you see there again, Christ Jesus is put in his proper place and proper position. So in verse 5, that is kind of the rendering there. But now let's read what Jack 
uh, wrote about it in five and get it down from the Koine Greek. It says, through the hope laid up for you in the heavenlies, which you have heard before in the word of the truth of the good message. That's the way it comes out of the Koine Greek. And to bring it down to the more modern English, it says, through the hope laid out for you in the heavenlies, which you have heard before, in the word of the truth of the good message. And then Jack says this, and there's uh, the two places uh, that we get uh, these two passages from that we've already read. So, it said the Colossians believers knew of this hope, knew of their hope. They understood that the source and the end of their hope was in the heavenlies. Certainly their hope was the same as that spoken of in of the upon heavenlies, the special realm where they sat at the right hand of the Father in the body of Christ. And that's where we get this from Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. See, this was the truth which was spoken to them. And this was their good message. That was their good thing that they've got out of it when Paul was teaching them the Ephesians that we went through first. And so that's, that's five. And I added, uh, second Timothy four eight, uh, to that also because I thought it was very important that we see that. And then we get to verse six. Let me get back to, let me get back to the Colossians. Verse six. It says, which has come unto you as it is in all the world. Talking about the hope, our hope. Uh, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you. Since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. And that's the full stop. So, in six, we're completing this, uh, this part of the, uh, 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 deal that has been found and understood to be in scripture as to where, uh, you got these uh, verses that, uh, match each other. And, and very well laid out in the companion Bible. It says, which is come. So, the word has come, the hope has come, but it hasn't happened yet. Here we are in 2021, and uh, we... We can get it from God's Word, but it's going to happen, and it's going to happen the way that God wants it to happen. And that word come there is, is perima. It says, which is come, or perima unto you as reaching a point. So we have a point that we have been that we have reached in Paul's message concerning our hope. And it deals with the body of Christ. And it deals with other things doctrinal true because he doesn't want anyone going back and getting involved with all these, uh, these things, uh, the elements and the, uh, 
rudiments. The rudiments yeah. uh, there, and he wants you to stay focused on what has been given to you and me as uh, one of the greatest things that could ever been bestowed upon mankind. And the point that needs to be reached are those that have been chosen. And our job is to put the word out to the point where those that are chosen will see and hear and understand. And that's the reason we've gone almost 2,000 years since uh, this word has come. So, uh, it likes about 40 years of being 2,000 years. So it says as it is in all the world. Uh, this point that I've mentioned here is God reaching out to all mankind because this is what he gave Paul to tell us that we need to spend our good time reaching out to others and to bringing them to a point of understanding what their new hope is. Because you see, before Paul got any of this, after he got to Rome, after the shipwreck and after he got to Rome, uh, we were, those people were still being brought into Israel's hope. But now Israel's been set aside, so guess what? That hope has been set aside. And now the hope is different. And our job is to allow others to see what their hope might be. Is God reaching out through us, guided by the Holy Spirit, to get this message out that others might see and know and understand that have been chosen that have not yet seen that truth. It says that as it is in all the world and bringing forth fruit. So our job is to bring forth fruit like you go out and plant a tree or put corn in the ground or whatever, anything to eat. You know, uh, it needs to be nourished. And our job is to nourish God's Word to these people to get that point across. I don't know how else really to say it much clearer than that. That we are the ones, we are the farmers, we are the gardeners, we are the ones that have this seed this known seed in us that we can share with others that will give them hope. Of, it will give them the knowledge and the understanding of their hope. And it says by the gospel comes the increasing of the fruit. It says as it does also in you. Since or from the day Ye heard of it, and know, or iota, to know, and that's the verb iota, that word know there, and that means to know without effort, to understand. That's what the Spirit gives you. If you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within, you can begin to know these things without, sometimes without really having uh, known how you got it, so to speak. It's a, 
It's a kind of a gift of the Spirit that allows us to know these things that that God wants us to know that we can give to other people. And the O-Ida there is to know without effort to understand and the grace that goes along with it is unmerited favor of God in His truth. Because Paul got it from God and He gives it to us which we can through the Spirit, give to others to know what their hope is. Amen. And to come to that understanding, and it fills the body of Christ. And how many does it take to fill the body of Christ? I can't answer that question. But I do know this. That there's not going to be one left. (laughs) There's not going to be one left. So, Somebody is going to tell the last one somewhere at some time. Full is all it takes. And and that is when that is when Christ will appear. His body will be full. There's no need to wait any longer. And this is on God's schedule, you know. Not our schedule. Verse six. Let's read what Jack says about it. Talking about which are come to you, even as also in all the world system, are bringing forth fruit and increasing, even as also among you, from which day you heard and acknowledged the grace of God in truth. How great that is. And let's just bring it down to the modern English. Which are coming to you even also to all the world system are bringing forth fruit and increasing even as also among you from which day you heard and acknowledged the grace of God in truth. And Jack says this. It goes along with it. Much truth and good words have come to the Colossians body of Christ. Much of the same truth has been preached in all the world around them. And this truth, the good message of God, the good messages of God are bringing forth fruit. The fruit is increasing even among the Colossians. We would be trite to say this fruit refers to the number of professing believers. These statements indicate much deeper matters. Paul is calling attention to the events to which they will know. They heard, they saw, and then further acknowledged a different word. Further the grace of God in truth. We are not speaking here of a one time decision of experience, but of a dynamic ongoing series of scriptural experiences in his truth. The body of Christ is increasing by means of continuous acknowledgement of his blessed word. These same experiences Continue among his holy believers. And so that is a good finish to that verse of scripture in verse 6. The same experiences continue among his body believers. So, you know, when we get into conversations with people and we People sometimes ask, well, what, what do you believe? What do you know? What, what's, what's different? And you begin to tell them. 
You don't know and I don't know how close we are to pleroma of his body. And you might be talking to that one individual that causes the world to see Christ again. It's just that. It is just that great. That is an experience that, uh, you know, I couldn't fathom. I can't really get my head around it. But I do love to talk to others about what little bit I know about uh, Christ and what He did for us and what He promised the Father that He would do, He did, and how we're connected to that. And all the applications that goes along with that. Wonderful. Great. Let's go to verse 7. It says, As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister in Christ. Semicolon. So there's a little more here that Paul wants you to know about what he's learned about Epaphras. And so this is how Paul was getting this knowledge about these Colossians because Epaphras has either told him or told Timothy. Uh, as being a minister to those people and being with Paul quite a bit, quite a lot, and studying what Paul is telling him. And Epaphras has, has been back and, and, and given these people words. Now they're going to get a letter from Paul. And, uh, so it'll, it'll, it'll become a little more, uh, Fruitful, I think, as it comes along. Let me read you my notes. Have you also learned of Epaphras? First year in script. It's, uh, uh, Epaphras was, uh, mentioned first here in, in Colossians. And that's, uh, in the Strong's 1889. Uh, and that is one with directions as toward God. So Epaphras was one that evidently soaked up this knowledge from Paul and this learning from Paul. I mean, he, I think he was like a he was kind of like a sponge with Paul. He was absorbing all this stuff and uh, carrying it back to those people that he was a minister to. He said, our dear fellow servant or a fellow slave. And evidently, they were slaves in the household of Caesar that were Jews, you know. We learned that, I think, from Philippians. And, uh, it says, who is for you a faithful minister? And that's a diakonos. Uh, that's, in the, in the Greek, that's their minister. That's the word for minister. And it's, can also mean a steward in activity. Which diako means to pursue. Uh, and he had the ono to it. I think it, it it really gets has a lot of understanding for those people because uh, I don't know how much the Colossians knew of Christ, and uh, so. Uh, this is very important, I think, to those people that, as Paul was talking about Epaphras and then giving us that situation back to them. In verse 7, it says, out of the point A Greek, even as you learn, 
from Epaphras. The beloved fellow, bondsman of us, who is faithful over you, servant of Christ. And I think that was truly wonderful brought down. He says, even as you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondsman, who is a faithful servant of Christ over you, because he became the minister to the Colossians because Paul had never met these people. So Epaphras had been given responsibility, Jack says, for looking after the Colossians spiritually. He, as one of them, has them in his heart. And he takes prayerful responsibility over them. He teaches them also as he is able. So, see, as Epaphras gets what he gets, uh, he passes it on. Since he is a fellow prisoner with Paul, much of this is of a spiritual, a purely spiritual nature. Paul also has this charge and seriously attends to his opportunities unto God. And there is no scripture that goes along with that that Jack felt like that we needed to look at. Because we've already gone through Philippians and Ephesians, and here we are in Colossians. And so we should have a good, kind of a good bedrock knowledge of what, what we uh, need to know. Then we get down to verse 8. And if you have a companion Bible, when you see these little spaces between the verses, you know that Paul is going, or whoever is writing the epistle, they're going to change gears a little bit. They're going to go from, kind of from one, one thing to another. And so this verse 8 has a space between it. So let's read verse 8. How much time we got, Ronnie? Nine thirteen. Okay, we're doing good. It says who, and he's talking about Epaphras, so it goes on to give you the understanding. Declares also unto us, and that Paul lets us know that it's telling or saying. Uh, that your love uh, as to uh, those people uh, is in the Spirit. And it is the, the product of a new nature. So he says, Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. When Epaphras was telling them that, then Paul realizes that the spirit of his teaching has moved on to someone else who are teaching others also. And, and this is, and this is Paul's way of saying that. And in verse eight, we're going to look at it in the Koine Greek. And it says, who also signifies to us of the of your love in spirit. And it's pretty much the same thing in the modern English. And Jack and Mella says Epaphras was privileged and doubtless rejoiced in declaring unto those in Rome their agape or their love, their truly Godly love and spirit. And it says, see Galatians 5.22 and Romans 8.4-9. The spirit is the spirit of a 
of the redeemed ones. Agape love is God's holy and true love given only to his faithful ones. So, that kind of concludes the introduction that Paul used in these eight verses here to to let them know uh, this. And I'm not, I didn't put those two verses of Scripture in in my notes. But look, we, we can find these real easy. So let's go back to Galatians 5.22. And uh, that shouldn't be too hard to come by. We're up four feet. Right after Ephesians, maybe. It's just before Ephesians. Galatians five twenty-two. I don't know why I overlooked that. Well, I, I must have not have did. <laughs> There's your marker. I got it marked. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't write it down. Well, that's me. But. 522 it was in verse 8 uh, oh it just said 522 okay it said but the fruit of the spirit that's on page 1757 if you have a companion bible and we've read this one, two, three, four. This will be the fifth time, evidently, since we started these studies. Now, I put a little error oh. in every verse that I read. And so, I'm going to show Ronnie the, the errors yeah, that, are in my, that are there, because evidently it's, it's pretty important. When you get that many arrows there, it's important. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, which is self-control. It says, against such... There is no law. And see, even though you read that in Galatians, it's describing an aspect of part of the Godhead. Yeah. So it's constant and it's yeah. enduring and it's it transcends dispensation. Dispensation. In my yeah. So that's just as true today. Yeah. As it was when Paul wrote it. Yeah. Even well, though it's in Galatians, in my opinion. That's the reason I started putting these little arrows in. Mm-hmm. Because I can go back in my, as long as I have this old Bible, and I'll probably keep it till I'm not here anymore. Somebody else can look at it and they say, well, why did he put all these little arrows in there? <laughs> it's important. It's important, folks. You can find these same things recommended in our, in the letters to us right. that Paul writes. Right. And that's and, why I and, say with well, And part of that was the eight things that he, talked about in Philippians after he set the worldly things aside and he said these things are good. Think on these. Yes. And so it goes right back to to what he was to what he was getting. Mm-hmm. Also let's look at Romans eight, four through nine. And uh Romans eight Four through nine. Okay. You may find the same list. I had it, Martin. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have it in my notes. Two places there. <laughs> You'll have to forgive <coughs> Dolly me. Dolly must have it. wanted a pepperoni. Okay. <laughs> okay. In eight four it says the question Who are the Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption? 
and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came. Who is over all and God blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham. They are all children. But it says in Israel shall thy seed be called. Verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. Because they're talking about what God had promised Israel through the blood of Abraham which is the father Truly, the father of Israel, it all started when God chose Abraham for that nation in that time. Well, I guess that's a good place to stop. And then we'll start with nine next time and and uh, go on with that. And uh, because it. It starts a little more poignant thing about these Colossians. And it might be good just to pick up and work that out in our next study. And uh, I don't know why I didn't put them in my notes, but I didn't put them in my notes. But... There's lots of stuff that I don't put in my notes because sometimes I don't uh, see it or I get busy doing something else. But I don't mean to leave out the important stuff. And certainly this is important stuff. But Amen. Nevertheless, uh, we're getting we're getting the view. And we're getting the understanding of what our job is here as being members of the body of Christ as we live on the earth. But realizing that we have a hope in the heavenlies to get that in earnest. I mean, we... We have the earnest of it now, but to get that in reality. Uh, because He has given us the Holy Spirit now, but the, the reality is, is to be with Christ as part of His body. And to tell others while we're here that I think that's part of our test that we got involved in doing as we live our life and and have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and, and to say to him one day, yes, I believe this. I I believe I believe this is what you have uh set aside for me. And I'm gonna be faithful to it. And I think we all need to be, certainly need to be faithful to this cause. Because like you say, you might be, I might be, anyone might be the one that tells the last one that, and they understand it whenever they do, then Christ is going to appear. And all of those that have died with this hope is going to, boom, they're going to be there. Amen. And they're going to be with Christ 
in the heavenlies, whatever the heavenlies are, whatever it entails. That's 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 another another study. I don't I don't know that I'd uh, even qualify for that, but yet nevertheless, yet it's it's going to become reality to us in one time. And I don't know how or what, but that's the way it is. And that's what we have the promise of. And so that's why we're here. That That is why we have been chosen. Because to have this choosing to be able to tell others is a, is a great blessing. Great blessing. Amen. Not just to live it yourself, but to share it. You gotta share. God to your sh- point, you never know if that one you're talking to. God is. shared, yeah, God shared His Son with every, with everybody. Ain't the last one that gets to show on the road. <laughs> yes, sir. And He can get it on the road, but we don't know. We don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. But God knows. Amen. Has known for aeons, probably. So, you know, we need to realize that. And and feel blessed every day uh, and thanking God every day for what He has given to us. Amen. Because what He's given to us, others, and I, I think about my grandfather. He was West, Westland Methodist minister. Uh, he, I never heard him talk anything about these things that I'm talking about now. Nope. And he's right down here in Church Cemetery. And, his body is in the cemetery waiting on whatever it is that God needs from him to bring him to life again. I believe he has life through his name. But that, that's, that's my thoughts. But, you know, what's my thoughts worth? They probably like the filthy rags of faith. You know, but that's what I have. So I try to use what tools the Lord has given me. So thank you for uh, being with us tonight and, uh, and uh, to realize that uh, this old boy had a good day of fishing and the Lord took care of him with uh, his bounty. And uh, or you can't ask for much better than that. God bless you all. I love you all. Pray for me that we can go on with this thing.